Open your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 4. It's on page 977 in the Blue Bible. When we went to purchase the new Bible, somebody was, was purchasing a case of them, and she said, well, what color do I get? And I said, I've been preaching from Blue Bibles for 20-some years. I said, you can't get a different color. I said, it'll take me another 20 years to stop saying, grab the Blue Bible in front of you. I said, it's too confusing. I said, let's stick with blue. We're going to begin reading in the 11th verse, just a short passage this morning. Ephesians 4, beginning in the 11th verse, Paul said, And Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Blessed are those who hear it and obey it. Today's sermon, obviously, is about the church and the importance of church. And I realize that that many of you will know a lot, if not most, of what I'm going to say this morning. But good preaching is not just about giving us new knowledge. Good preaching also reminds us of those things that we know that we may have forgotten, or it reminds us of things so that we don't forget them. As we begin to think about the church, there are a number of opinions. If you were just to stop different people on the street and ask them about the church and what they think of the church, I came up with several opinions that people have with regard to the church today. Number one, many people think the church is is a good place. They have a positive view of the church. And in this group of people, I want to include many people who are only interested in the church for what they can get. While we were sitting here singing this morning, I got a phone call. I saw the message. Somebody calling up wants to know if we help with gas cards. 20 minutes ago, I get a phone call from somebody. I'm just calling churches because I need some gas money. He has a positive view of the church because it's a place that can give us stuff. Right? It begs the question, it's Sunday morning, why aren't you in church? Right? What a wonderful way to get help would be to be in your church and say, hey, I could use some money for gas. Rather than calling up churches you don't know. But many people have a positive view of the church. It's a great place to go when you want something. Other people have a neutral view of the church. Who cares? If you want it, go for it. I don't care. It's not for me. But I'm not going to stop you from going. 
but they see no use in the church, at least for themselves. Third, many people have a positive view of the church, but their view is, they don't need me. Church is a good place, but I just don't fit in. There's nothing there for me to do. They, they get it all done without me, so there's really no need for me to be part of it. The church just gets along fine without me, so what's the point? Why do I need to be involved? Finally, we're seeing a surprising number of people today who think the church is bad. They don't have a positive view of the church. They are very anti-church. And they can give you lots of examples of bad behavior in churches. Well, I know somewhere at one time this guy did this. And they can rattle off bad experiences that they may have had or that other people have had. They just don't like the church. And included in this group of people are a number of people who claim to be Christians. Who actually believe, even though that they are Christians, they believe the church is bad. They don't see value in church at all. They see the, the negative in church. And they actually believe that they are better Christians because they are not involved in church. Because, well, you know, they're just a bunch of hypocrites down there anyway. And so rather than seeing the value in church, they see value in staying away from the church. I'm a better Christian because I don't go. But there are dangers that come from being disconnected from the church. I could give you a lot, but let me give you just a couple. There are some dangers that come from being disconnected from the church. Number one is we can slide away from a correct understanding of who Jesus Christ is. When we are not connected to the church, we can slide over into incorrect theology about who Jesus is. More and more people today who claim to be Christians will tell you, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, but you know what? You don't have to believe in Jesus to, be, to go to heaven. Just be a good person. Just be sincere. That's all God really cares about. When you're not involved in the church, you can actually start to believe some of the nonsense about Jesus Christ that we see today. Jesus is a great way to get to heaven, but he's only one of many ways to get to heaven. But how can you believe that about Jesus if you are involved in a church that consistently teaches the word of God that Jesus is the only way to heaven? And what would happen if you start to believe that Jesus is only one of many ways to get to heaven? What can happen is our evangelism can begin to suffer. Why tell people about Jesus and their need for a Savior if you can get to heaven some other way? Jesus is a great way, but he's just one of many. So why bother telling people about Jesus? So evangelism begins to suffer when we are disconnected from the church. I went to the bank the other day. I had to pull out some of my millions. And while I was there, I started talking to the teller. And she found out I was a minister. And we started talking about the church. And 
she let it slip that she and her husband are no longer involved in the church. She used to be. I don't think he ever was. But, but I'm telling you, he's okay. She said, he's, he's okay. Because, because he's got it right here. Literally, that's what she said. He's okay because he's got it right here. And I'm thinking to myself, what has he got right here? Heartburn? What exactly does he have right here? But that's what a lot of people think. As long as you think you're okay with God, then you know what? You're okay with God. As long as you think you've got something inside, well... That's all that matters. But what we read in God's Word is God doesn't say it's okay to to just do whatever you do as, as long as you've got something inside. God tells us very specifically, very clearly, what we must do to have eternal life. And when we are disconnected from the church, we get disconnected from Jesus And we come up with all kinds of crazy ideas about what it means to be right with God. Second, and it goes along with the first one, it's not just what we understand about Jesus, but it's just morality. It's just our theology in general. When we get disconnected from the church, all kinds of crazy ideas begin to start creeping in. But also, it's not just what we believe. It's how we act. When we get disconnected from the church, our behavior begins to mimic the world more than Christian behavior. Because we've lost that connection to the body of Christ. You see, the church provides accountability for us. We need accountability. We need people to hold us accountable for what we believe and what we do. We need people who will help us to stay on the right track and who will pull us back when we get off the right track. And the church does that. Number four, when we get disconnected from the church, it can also lead to a stagnation in our faith. Our faith can become stale. After 30 years of ministry in the church, I can tell you, I have never once met a vibrant, growing Christian who is not connected to a church. Amen? I have never, I've seen people who claim to be Christians, but I have never seen someone who has a vibrant, growing faith who isn't connected to the church in a significant way. We see so many people today who, who disbelieve that though. I don't need the church. I can be perfectly good in my Christian life and my Christian walk without the church. That view is growing more and more every year. And for many people who would never put it that bluntly that I don't need the church, they live their lives with that attitude. I've given you some of the the dangers, some of the negatives from being disconnected to the church. What are some of the pluses? What are some of the pluses that come from being in the church? Number one is doctrinal stability. 
Look around in our world today at the crazy theology that we see. Some people today are nuts. Did you see the clip the other day? Church in Texas, where the pastor's wife got up and she started teaching. And she said, God is happiest when we're happy. Did you hear that? God is happy when we're happiest. As if God's whole existence based on making sure that we're happy. No. It's not about whether I'm happy or not. Our goal is to glorify God and see that He is happy. Because He's God. And there's this nonsense that floats around today is where we reverse the roles and God serves us rather than us serving God. Being involved in the church provides doctrinal stability. Look at verse 14. Paul says in verse 14, Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about them being tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Because people are not involved in the church... They're not being taught correct theology. And so when these crazy ideas come along, some of them sound good from a worldly perspective. But they don't stand the test of the Bible for longer than maybe 15 seconds if you know the Word of God. But because people are not connected to the church, they're not familiar with the Word. Well, I know it says this somewhere. Many years ago, I was getting my hair cut. And the barber started explaining to me how She didn't believe that Jesus is God. I was in seminary at the time. So I, you know, I know everything because I'm a seminary student. No, 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 no. There's this place in the Bible and Jesus stood at the temple and he said, I'm not God. Yeah, I I don't think that's in there. No, 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 it's in there. I'm telling you, it's in the Bible. And I'm, honey, I'm telling you, <laughs> I've studied it, I've read it. There is no verse in the Bible where Jesus stood outside the temple and said, I am not God. Yeah, he did. I just don't know where it is. When you're disconnected from the church, you can actually start believing some of the nonsense that floats around. And you can get carried away with that bad theology. Number two, in addition to doctrinal stability, when we're involved with the church, we grow. Look at verse 14 again. So that we may no longer be children. Verse 15, rather we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head. Paul is obviously speaking to a church where they were not growing up the way they should, and he was encouraging them that that needed to be their goal, spiritual growth. They were growing uh, in terms of maturity, in terms of physical, but they weren't growing in maturity in terms of the spiritual. But when we are in the church, we grow individually. Each of us grows stronger in our faith, but we also grow collectively as the body of Christ. As all of us connect more and more to the church, we get stronger as individuals and the body gets stronger as well. That's one of the pluses of being involved in the church. But then the question comes, how does this happen? How do we get the pluses, the benefits of being 
in the church? Well, I suppose by being at church on Sunday mornings, right? By coming to the Sunday morning worship once a week. No. Many of us can attest to the fact that you can be in church Sunday after Sunday and not be growing. You can be here, but that doesn't mean that it's working. Just like you can be in high school algebra and be in algebra class every day and still not get it. You know what I'm talking about? Being in math class doesn't teach you math. That just means you're there. And too many people are in the church on Sunday mornings and they assume that that's maybe by osmosis or something, they're just going to absorb it. No, it doesn't work that way. Just being here on Sunday mornings doesn't grow you. Take what Paul says here in Ephesians 4 about the different roles in the church. Take the pastor, for example. He talks about that in this passage. In this translation, it's translated not as pastor, but as shepherd. Which is what pastor literally means. And boy, I'm telling you, as a pastor, I feel like a shepherd sometimes. Boy, I'd like to club some of you sheep. It doesn't work that way. You know, you can't beat sheep, but boy, I'd like to. Right? I wish I had that hook, that, that, right, sort of yanking some people back, right? My job is to be the shepherd in the church. Why? Because we all need to be shepherded. Why? Because we're like sheep and we drift away. When we're left to our own devices, we wander. Verse 12, the purpose of the church, he says, verse 12, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. My job as pastor is to equip us to do the work of ministry. My job as pastor is not to do the work of ministry, it's to equip all of us to do that work. Notice, The word work there is singular. He doesn't say works of ministry. He said work of ministry. We work together for this one goal of pleasing God. My job is to equip you to be engaged in the work that God has called us to do. The ministry that we do for Him. And how do we do that? By an emphasis on the Word of God. The teaching and the preaching ministry of the church so that we might grow. Understand, I've been telling you the importance of being involved in church. But does it make a difference which church you go to? Shake your head, yes, no. Does it make a difference? You better believe it does. Because do you know where a lot of the crazy doctrine is coming from today? It's coming from churches. Make sure that you're always involved in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. Well, they're preaching the Bible. No, they're preaching some made-up ideas that they pulled out of the Bible that the Bible doesn't say. The importance of being in the church is that we might grow By understanding what God really said in His Word. Verse 16. When every part is working properly. Paul said in Romans 
chapter 12, that each of us is part of the body and each of us has something to contribute to the working of the church. And this involves all of us working together in everything. For example, too many people leave the prayer ministry to others. No, no, preacher, I pray. Yeah, I know, we all pray. But the prayer ministry is where we get together and we lift up the concerns of the body and pray for each other. And if you don't come to the prayer ministry on Monday nights or Wednesday nights, you won't even be aware of some of the prayer concerns that we're praying about. You can't pray for them because you don't even know. The prayer ministry is an important part of what we do here. But many people just leave that to others to do. The same is true with the physical ministries of the church. We have our feeding ministry this coming Saturday. Many of you have never come even once to participate in that meal. You've missed out on some great food. I went to Feed the Need, another ministry in our area, and I started telling them, listen, our cook is better than your cook. I said, I'll put Marcus up against anybody. They have a chef. A a trained chef. I said, I don't care. I said, our guy will beat you any day. Many of you have never taken part in receiving that meal. But you know what? Many of you have never come to even help with that. You've left that ministry for other people to do. And yes, many of us are leaving the financial burdens of the church to others to do. You see, people who are not actively involved in the ministry of the church are not givers. It's a proven fact. And if we're going to help the church to grow, if we're going to grow, we've got to be involved in all of the ministries of the church. The prayer ministry, the service ministries, and yes, the giving ministry of the church. A pastor was talking one day to a freelance missionary who was looking for some money. The missionary said, I need money for my work. And the pastor said, well, well, what church are you involved with? And he said, well, I'm involved in the invisible church. And that's that, you know, this vague idea that everybody who's a Christian is involved. He said, I'm part of the... He said, what church do you go to? He said, what, what group are you affiliated with? He said, well, I'm part of the invisible church. And so they got into a a debate about the importance of the local church versus the invisible church. And finally the pastor just looked at him and said, Here, here's some invisible money for your invisible church. Many people today feel like the church ought to be supported by other people. Other people ought to do the work. Other people ought to do the giving. I want the church. I just don't want to do the work of the church. But now would be a good time for us to distinguish between Sunday morning worship and church. Are you with me? Many people incorrectly think that church is what we do from 10.30 to 11.30 on Sunday mornings. Church is not the worship service on Sunday mornings. The church is the body of Christ. People, we are the church. But we use the word church to refer to the building. We use church, the word church, to refer to the service that we have on Sunday mornings. And then we also refer to the church as the body of Christ. The only one that's right is the third one. We are not a building. We're not a service. We are a people. 
We are the body of Christ. We are the church. And if all you do is come to church on Sunday mornings, the service, then you are not part of the church, the body of Christ. Think of a family. Mom, dad, dog, kids, probably in that order too, right? Imagine this family having a dinner. Just being as part of that dinner does not make you part of the family. Suppose one of those kids brings a friend home for dinner. That kid is going to eat the same meal as everybody else, but that kid is not part of the family. UPS driver comes knocking on the door to deliver a package and he sees a bunch of kids at the table. He's going to look at them and think that they're all part of the family. They're not. They're one group of people who's together for one meal. That doesn't make you part of the family. That just makes you a part of what we're doing at that moment. Because each person in the family who truly is a part of the family has responsibilities. And even if that kid comes to dinner that night and helps clear the table, that does not make him part of the family. Any more than just being here on Sunday mornings makes you a part of the New Life family. That just makes you a part of the New Life worship service here on Sundays. Verse 12, look at what Paul says there. Quickly. Paul says that we are to equip the saints for the work of ministry. All of us are to be equipped. The purpose of the church is not for some of us to be equipped, for some of us to do the work. The purpose of the church is for all of us to be equipped, for all of us. The church is not to train some of us, to train all of us. But that doesn't happen by accident. God's plan for us to grow comes from active participation in all of the ministries of the church. The church is the primary and chosen way of God to do His work. Let me repeat that. The church is the primary and chosen way of God to do His work. Too many of us have made church, the body of Christ, optional for being a Christian. Many act as if they can substitute their own plan. Well, hey, I serve God. Wonderful. But God never said in His Word, if you're a Christian, just to do whatever you wanted to and serve God however you think is fit. God gave pastors, teachers, apostles, He gave the body people to help us grow. And when you say, I don't need to be part of the church, you're saying, I don't need to be part of the teaching ministry of the church. Yeah, God gave some people to be a teacher, but I don't need it. Church is like a gym. Church is like a gymnasium. Again, church is not the service that we do here on Sunday mornings. Church is the body of Christ. It's the community, the people. And each of us in this gym, we're here to be the personal trainers for others. Come on, pick it up. Two more, two more, two more. Don't you hate those personal trainers? They say, give me two more. You give them two more, and they say, give me two more. I just gave you two more. But they push you to do more so that you can grow. 
Each of us, as we're involved in the body, we need to have people pushing us to do better, even as we push other people to do better. We need that motivation. We need that push. But there are a couple of reasons why a lot of people don't get involved in the church. They don't see how they fit into the plan and the function of the church. They don't see how their involvement matters. But they also don't see the importance, the necessary part of the church in our Christian life and walk. They think they can do just fine without the church. You ever hear people say this? Well, I can worship God anywhere. You ever hear that one? Guess what? You can. That'd be foolish to say that you can't worship God who is everywhere, anywhere. You can. But God never said in his word, you know what, just worship me wherever. That's all. It doesn't matter. God tells us that we are to worship together as a community of faith. We think we can do Christian work just as well without the church. That's nonsense. As we work together, we can do more. We can do better than if we do it by ourselves. Finally, Paul tells us an important part in this. When are we finished? What's the goal of the church? Look at verse 13. He says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, we all have correct doctrine, and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The the purpose of the church is to help us grow until we measure up to Christ. That's what he's saying there. Christ is the measure of how well we're growing, how well we're doing. I don't know about you, but I like comparing myself to other people. Right? I like comparing myself to other people who aren't doing so well. Then I look pretty good. What Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 is we are to compare ourselves to Christ. And when we compare ourselves to Christ, we're not doing as good as we think we are, are we? The purpose of the church is to help us to grow up to be like Christ. To measure ourselves, to see are we mature, have we grown to the point of being adult in our Christian faith. When we're baking something, there's that toothpick test. You know what I'm talking about? You pull it out, you poke it with the toothpick, you see, does it come out clean? Boy, I wish we had a toothpick test we could use in the church. I could just poke you with a toothpick and see whether you're done or not. doesn't really work that way. But you know what? It really isn't necessary, as fun as it might be, to poke you with a toothpick. In fact, if I were to poke you with a toothpick, I'd probably find out how not like Christ you really are, wouldn't I? But we don't have to poke ourselves with a toothpick to see how we're doing. All we have to do is compare ourselves to how Christ lived. Are we living up to what he taught in the way that we treat each other? This means we become mature in everything. He says in verse 15, we are to grow up in every way. Knowledge, love, service, selflessness. Notice with with children, when they're very young and selfish, everything is about them. I, 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 me, me, me. They can't see anything from any other perspective. And yet we see so many people in the church today with that same attitude. Everything is about them. 
what they want, what they think, whether they're comfortable or not. Maturity in our Christianity is seen when we begin to put the needs and the wishes of others ahead of ourselves, not to demand our own way. You ever seen those bodybuilders that they focus too much on their biceps? They're pretty normal, pretty average everywhere else, but they got these big old biceps flowing out, right? They're not balanced. They're not growing in every way. They've got they got one good thing going here, and then the rest of well. But how many times do we see that in the church? We see people who are running around who have a lot of Bible knowledge. Boy, they can quote verses. Boy, they know lots of things from the Bible. But if you look at their life, they're not living it. I don't want to grow in my knowledge, but not grow in my love. We need to grow proportionately all over. People who say that they don't need the church are proving how immature they are. Because the purpose of the church is not just you. When you say, I don't need the church, you've already started on the wrong foot because you started with I. What about the church? Does the church need you? And when you say, I don't need the church, you're basically saying, I don't care if they can use my help down there or not. doesn't matter to me. Does that sound like something that a mature Christian would say? No. When we allow God to work in our lives through the church, we grow. We mature. We become like Christ. Not just some of us, but all of us. What a wonderful opportunity for each of us today. How many of us have thought at one time or another, boy, I wish I could grow up in my faith. I wish I was more spiritually mature. Amen? The church can help you do that. That's the purpose of the church, to help us grow to become more like Christ. We want to be like Christ, we just don't want to be part of Christ's church. Well, it's not going to work that way. It doesn't happen. God has placed you within a wonderful community of faith, though, where you can grow. Where you can benefit and other people can benefit by you. There's no reason why you can't be more like Christ. Who needs the church? We all do. There's never a point where we get to in this life where we say, you know what, I don't need the church anymore. We all need what God can do in us and through us in the church. We need each other to be the best, strongest church that God wants for us. At the top of the church, I gave you four unhealthy views of the church that people have today. But there's actually a fifth view, isn't there? And that's the view that the church is good through and through. Doesn't mean we don't have problems in the church, but there is good to be had at the church that we don't get if we're not there. The church is a valuable part of our life, not the church service, the body of Christ. Let me ask you this morning, are you a church attender, faithfully coming every week, but not involved in the ministries of the church? Then you're not part of the church you're part of a church service. It's wonderful that you're part of a church service, but Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could simply come to a church service on Sunday mornings and then go home. We are called to be part of the body of Christ, the community of faith, where we are all contributing, giving and taking from what we can get at the church, where we are all growing. Look at your life. Are you growing today in Christ?
Don't ask yourself if you're here on Sundays. Of course you're here on Sundays. Ask yourself, are you growing and maturing in Christ so that you're becoming more like Him in love, in knowledge, in service? Look at your life. Don't look at anybody else. The church is a wonderful gift from God. Make sure you're taking advantage of it.